Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. I'm so uh, blessed to be with you. Uh, And mothers, you understand this particular word right here. You understand the word faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is a noun. Just like faith is a noun. It's not a a verb. Faith, uh, belief is a verb. It's it's an action verb. But faith and faithfulness is, is a noun. It's something that you possess. And mothers certainly understand faithfulness. In Numbers chapter 12, Aaron and Moses, Aaron and Moses' sister Miriam, they spoke against Moses because he married an Ethiopian woman. And they were called on the carpet by God. Uh, look at uh, chapter 12 beginning with verse uh, 4. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear me, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Moses was faithful. Mothers are faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? The New Testament gives us some insight. If you'll turn over to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Moses was faithful, but notice Hebrews chapter 3 beginning with verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ, notice, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Moses was faithful, but Christ was even more faithful. He was more faithful than even Moses. And we are a part of the house of God. We're a part of this house of God if we are faithful till the end. That's what the Hebrew writer is telling us here. Faith, like I said, is a noun. Faithfully, if you act faithfully, that's an adjective. Faithfulness is a noun. It's, it's, it's loyalty. Conscientious. You're conscientious if you're faithful. You're devoted, you're you're true, you're devout, you're faithful, faithfulness. All the things God is, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. All the things Christ is, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. God wants us to be and we are faithful if we are in Christ. We demonstrate our faithfulness, our loyalty, our, our true nature 
our, in our lives by growing. If you'll turn to Second Peter chapter 1, we looked there this morning. Second Peter chapter 1, we must always continue to be growing in our Christian lives. Faithfulness, we must truly be growing. We can, we can most, under, most definitely understand faithfulness and how it's demonstrated in, in our growth, in our growth. Uh, here we find in Second Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 5, but also for these, this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins." When we believe and obey, we add to this faith, this, this goodness, uh, the goodness, knowledge, to this knowledge, self-control, to this self-control, perseverance. We keep adding these things in our life. We keep growing in, in our life, in our Christian life. We cannot practice. We cannot practice brotherly kindness. We cannot practice love. We cannot practice these things. Like I talked about this morning, home mowing. Faithfulness means growing in our Christian virtues. We must continue to grow. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. You know, last year during the Strawberry Stride, uh, it was my goal to beat next year. Last year was my goal to beat. This year, I ran yesterday in the Strawberry Stride. If you see me or hear me go, oh, when I come down these steps, it's because I ran in that Strawberry Stride yesterday. I am sore all over. I ran last year through the hot of summer and the cold of winter, and I was getting good at it. And I blamed it on Christmas. That's what I blamed it on. I blamed it on Christmas coming, and I was going to have to eat all this good stuff, and that's what I blamed it on. But you know the real reason why I quit in December? Let me tell you the real reason. It's silly. I hate telling it on myself. It's real silly. But y'all remember I told you the story about that, that pit bull chasing me out into 109. That was the reason, the real reason why I stopped running. He chased me out in that traffic, and from then on, I was skittish about going down that particular part of the sidewalk. In fact, I tried to cross over, but that was even more dangerous, trying to cross over the, the lights and the traffic and everything, just to get run on the other side. You know, that sounds silly, and it is silly, Chad, it was silly, because now what I did is I gave up on a goal that I had been that I had started last year, and I was doing so good, and I gave up on a goal because of fear. I wasn't faithful, was I? I wasn't practicing faithfulness, was I? And so now I'm in the position that I'm in now, hurting, sore, in pain, and beating myself up. Because I didn't follow through. 
faithfulness. Here we are, Hebrews. Uh, it, it seems silly. It, I mean, it seems silly, but let me tell you something. People quit going to church for, for sillier reasons than that. People quit being faithful in their lives to God for even sillier reasons. We demonstrate our faithfulness by growing and going on to perfection. Look at chapter 6, beginning with verse 1 of Hebrews. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of the eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. You know, we, we keep going back. We keep taking these things back. We learn something and we grow. And then we take five steps back. We need to go on to, per- to perfection. We need to demonstrate this go- growth by, by studying God's Word. Turn over to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 15. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. The diligent are, are full of faith. The diligent demonstrate faithfulness by so many ways. They demonstrate our, this growth in so many ways. And they also demonstrate our faithfulness is demonstrated by, by prayer. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always, verse 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will that we give thanks. It is God's will that we pray fervently, that we pray faithfully and fervently to God. We demonstrate our faithfulness as we spoke about this morning by attending our worship as well. We don't stay home and watch the wonderful world of Disney. Mama, I, I told them about, you know, how you were faced just about every Sunday when Tinkerbell would come across the screen. And I would beg you, please, Mama, let me stay home tonight and watch the wonderful world of Disney. And y'all never gave in. We always went to church on Sunday night, even though the most exciting show ever produced was on the TV. Yes, or so I thought when I was little. We don't stay home and watch the wonderful world of Disney. We don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. We demonstrate our faithfulness by the way we live. We demonstrate our faithfulness in righteous living. Turn over to Titus chapter 2, beginning with verse 11. Titus chapter 2. Beginning with verse 11, uh, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that Denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. We demonstrate our faithfulness by by this right way of living, by these good works that we're doing. And abounding in the, in the Lord's work. We abound in the Lord's work. Look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. Verse 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, I believe you made mention of this one this morning in the announcements, Brother Shockley. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And, and Brother Shockley had the announcements this morning, and he read, I mean, the announcements went on forever of the things that we are involved with here at Fountainhead. And there is something that each and every person here can do. There is something that we can be involved with. There's something that we can abound in. We can be abounding. And when we do this, we're showing our faithfulness to God. We're showing our faithfulness. We demonstrate a devoted, a devout, a converted life by seeking God's kingdom first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And, and, and notice this laser focus. I want you to, it's, 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 you know, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 is very pointed. We must put God first. But let me show you the laser focus in Philippians chapter 1. Turn there. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. You remember the videos from the Iraq war. Uh, those pilots, they could, they could take that laser guided bomb. And they could put it down the, the smokestack of a factory. I mean, that's how precise these, these laser-guided bombs were. And, and here now, we, 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 demonstrate, we, we can demonstrate here in, in Philippians chapter 1, accurate laser-guided faithfulness. Look at verse 21. For to, me, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. The faithful, here, that's, I mean, that's the essence of it. The faithful are looking to heaven. The faithful are looking to heaven. They're looking for the day. I've created kind of a a faithfulness scale, if you will. Uh, if, if you have your bulletin, I, I put it in the bulletin. You can take notes on this or you, you can draw a little line and take notes yourself. It doesn't matter. A kind of faithfulness scale to understand faithfulness. I want you to understand faithfulness and then the, the varying degrees that are less than faithfulness. All right? And that way we can understand, and maybe you fit somewhere on the scale, okay? Now, the, the, um, the, the opposite ends of the scale, we, of course, we have, we have faithfulness. And what I consider the, the opposite end, or the antithesis to faithfulness, would be, would be a wanderer. And let, let me explain what I mean. Turn to Hosea chapter 9, Hosea 9, going back in the Old Testament. Hosea. Hosea was a prophet, and he was made... To marry a, a prostitute. He was made to marry this prostitute, and this prostitute kept cheating on him. She cheated on him all over and over and over again. And what it represented was Hosea was repre- represented God, and the prostitute wife represented the, the children of Israel, and how they often, more than once, went off after other idols and other gods. Hosea, he prophesies here in chapter 9, verse 17, uh, because of their sin, he says, my God will cast them away because they did not obey him and they shall be wanderers among the nations. I remembered a movie this past week, The Man Without a Country. Do you remember that movie? Man Without a Country. Now, when I was a little boy, I used to think, how sad to not have a country to go to. Nobody wanted him. He, he went around the world and nobody would take him in. Nobody would take him in. I, I thought about that because of that bomber 
in, in Boston. You know, the bomber that died. And nobody would bury him. Nobody, no, no funeral home would touch him. The people just had to wander and try to find somebody that would take that body. Wandering aimlessly is the under, other end of the scale to me from faithfulness. I set this up to understand faithfulness better. It's my hope. It's my hope that none of you in this audience are on this scale at all. Okay? I hope that every one of you are up on this, this, this near end to me, uh, to faithfulness. Okay? Turn to Matthew chapter 26. We'll see the first mark of unfaithfulness. Matthew chapter 26. Here we see the first loss on the faithfulness scale. That's half-heartedness. Chapter 26, verse, verse 58. Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. We know what's happening here. I just have to read that little portion. And, and the majority of us know what's happening here. Jesus has been betrayed in the garden. All his, all his apostles and disciples, they've left him. They've arrested Jesus. And they're taking him before the Sanhedrin. And notice Peter, he followed him at a distance. At one time, he followed close on his heels, didn't he? But here he follows at a distance. We've been studying on Wednesday night about Peter. Peter the Great. At least that's the way he thought of himself. The braggart. The strong. The impetuous Peter. But here Peter is half-hearted. He follows at a distance. Ready to deny the Christ. Just like Jesus predicted that he would. Look over at John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Here we find the, the, the unfruitful. That's the next downward slide on the faithfulness scale. Jesus said in verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. If you are a Christian and you are unfruitful, you are in danger of being cast away by Jesus Christ and this, and this, this cast away vines, these casted away vines are going to be burned up. They do not abound. They do not grow. They do not pray. Any of the lists that I showed that demonstrated faithfulness, this kind of a Christian does not do. Look at the next slide on the faithfulness scale. Instability. Turn over to Genesis 49. Genesis 49. We have here Jacob or, or Israel as he's also called. He, is, he calls his sons together and he, he tells them about their end. He tells them what's going to happen at the end of their lives, at the end of his life. Okay? Look at verse 1. 
And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Gather together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel your father. And notice what he says to Reuben, verse 3. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might at the beginning of my strength. The excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Don't you think Reuben was kind of going, yeah, I'm it. Notice, unstable as water. (laughs) Unstable as water. How would you like to be called unstable as water? You shall not excel because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. You know, because of sin, many slip into this part of the faithfulness scale, into instability. Unstable as water, some people are. They never ever seem to get it together. We should be able to count on these kinds of people, to to look at them. Uh, You you know, a lot of these times you look at a person like that and you think, well, he must have it all together or she must have it all together. But inside there... God looks on the heart. They're unstable as water. Unstable as water. Look at Luke chapter 14. We see the next slide, a backslider. Luke chapter 14, verse 29. We'll start with verse 20, 25. Now great multitudes went to him, went, excuse me, went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yeah, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it, begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Here we have the classic story, the the classic word picture of a backslider. He started, he started, but he couldn't finish. This is where I am in the running phase of my life. I started good, I started strong, I worked hard, but I slid back. You know, the faithful, the faithful, they start with this mindset. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm ready to go. Whatever I need to do, whatever I need to be, whatever I need to help, I'm there. I'm, I'm your guy. But so many have slid down this faithfulness scale to the backslider phase. Next, look at Proverbs 13. And we're going to see what many would think would be the, the opposite of faithfulness would be unfaithful. But I, 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 let me show you why I don't, I don't see that. But why that is a, another slide down the faithfulness scale. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15. <clears throat> Good understanding gains favor. But the way of the unfaithful... It's hard. Hey, I'm feeling that unfaithfulness today. I'm feeling that today. I hurt. They have no faith because they have no understanding. 
where do we get the understand, where do we get the faith from? We get that faith in our understanding, but we get it from God's word. Ignorance is their life. And the life of the unfaithful are hard. Lives of the unfaithful are hard. It's a hard life. What could this person do to become faithful? Well, they, they could grow in the Word. They could pray hard. They could come to church. They could do good. They could live right. They could seek God. They could live each day like it's the last day. But that's hard. Sliding is easier to do. And many, many times the unfaithful, they slide into James chapter 4, verse 4. James chapter 4, verse 4. It's getting even worse for someone now. James chapter 4, verse 4. James is is writing to Christians, and notice what he calls these Christians in verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses. You can slide in your faithfulness all the way down into spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. Adulterers and adulteresses, exclamation point. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. If we are all about the world, we're doing like Hosea's wife did. We're cheating on God. We're committing spiritual adultery. Are you an adulterer? Are you an adulteress? Is that where you fit on this scale? Spiritual adultery? Have you left God for something else? For someone else? I hope not. I hope that's not true. You know, physical adultery is hard enough. But to get out of spiritual adultery, a lot of times it takes rock bottom. It takes rock bottom and a lot of humility. I know that from experience. It does. The last on the scale before the restless wanderer, before the, the, the end, okay, is found in an example. If you'll turn to First Chronicles. First Chronicles. We don't usually turn to First Chronicles, but we're going to turn there. See an example. First Chronicles 28. First Chronicles 28 and verse 9. Here David, he assembles all the leaders that were around him, all the, all the civilian and military leaders, and he lets them know how and to whom uh, the command of the country is going to be handed off. Okay? He does this, he says this in front of all these people. Uh, chapter 28, beginning with verse 9. As for you, my son Solomon, he, like I said, he's saying this in front of an audience from very important people. So people that he wants to know who's going to be the next king. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Notice what his last words are. Be strong and do it. Be strong and do it. That's, he's, he's trying to tell his son, be faithful. 
Have faith. Be strong. Don't be moved. But notice what happens. It's the last tick on the faithfulness scale. Turn to 1 Kings 11. 1 Kings 11. Wise Solomon. Rich Solomon. Amazing Solomon. 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, and the Hittites. From the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. His heart was not loyal to God, to the Lord his God, and was the heart, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashereth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place. For Chemosh, the abomination of Moab on, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem. And for Molech, the abomination of the people of Amnon. And he did this likewise for his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Why Solomon rejected God? That's the last thing before you become a wanderer. Just reject God. How sad. Where do you fit in on this scale? There is not a lot of room. The majority of this scale is negative. If you fall away just one, you're you're half-hearted. But you you can't be a little bit unfaithful and be faithful. You see? You can't say, oh, I'm a Christian and I'm a faithful Christian and be a little bit unfaithful because that makes you unfaithful. That makes you half-hearted. That makes you unfruitful. That makes you unstable. It makes you a black backslider, unfaithful. It makes you an adulterer or an adulteress. And basically, bottom end is, you're rejecting God and you're in danger of just wandering without God without Christ, without a family. Notice Romans chapter 5, verse 17. 
I'm going to show you the results. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I want to show you the results of being faithful. For if by the one man's... uh, This is Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. In other words, we, we, we obtain death because of Adam, but we're going to obtain, obtain life because of Jesus Christ. If we are in Christ, we have God's grace. How do you get into Jesus? How do you get into this wonderful Savior? Well, look at Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. He's talking about this wonderful grace that we have. And then Paul says, we've got this wonderful grace, but shall we, in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, shall we, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death. Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the death by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Once we are in Christ Jesus, 1 John chapter 1, verses 7-9, through 9, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. And we'll be able to see the results of, of faithfulness. And one of those results is, one of these days, we're going to wear a crown. Turn over to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. God is, or excuse me, Jesus is, is speaking here to the church at Smyrna. And Jesus tells them what they're about to go through. All right? And, and a promise, a promise if they're faithful. Revelation chapter 2 and verse, verse 10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. The, like these Christians then, the result of our faithfulness will be a crown, a crown to eternal life. Now notice another, another result, another, another result of faithfulness. Proverbs 28, Proverbs 28 verse 20. Proverbs 28 and verse 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Did you hear that? A faithful man will abound with blessings. You may not have everything you want, but if you put God first, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you'll get everything you need. Food, clothing, shelter, everything you need. You'll be blessed. A crown of life. Blessings that abound. And notice this. A satisfaction of a job well done. Turn to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. I would love for each and every one of us to hear this on the day when Jesus Christ comes back. What we're in, we're in the parable of the talents. You remember that, where they were all given a, all of them were given a, a talents, a, 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 an amount of money before the, the, the owner went away. He was going to come back. And they had the man who had one, he, he'd made his five, and he had one, he, he'd made his two. 
And you had one, remember he dug a, a hole in the earth and he put his talent down and in the hole. You remember that? But notice, if we're faithful like the five talent and the, and the two talent man, notice what's going to happen. Notice what's said in, in, in Matthew 25 beginning with verse uh, on about 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered me, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I had gained five ta- more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you, wouldn't you rejoice to hear that? Don't you want to hear that at the end of your life? Don't you want to hear that when Jesus Christ comes back? Lord, I've done what you asked me to do. And to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were, you were ruler, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Just think about what you've been given. Think about all the blessings in your life. Are they increasing? Or are you so scared about them you just dug a hole and you put them away? If we employ faithfulness in our lives and demonstrate faithful lives by by growth, by by prayer, by 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 our attendance, as we talked about this morning, by righteous living, hard work, seeking God first and and living for heaven, living to go, we'll get the crown and the blessings and the satisfaction. But if not, there's one more result. If If we don't do this, there's one more result. We'll find this in Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Jesus thought so much of it, He said it twice. Are you growing? Are you praying? Are you attending? Are you living? Are you abounding in the Lord's work? Are you seeking God and His kingdom first and looking for the blessed home with blessed hope? If not, Luke 13 verse 3, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He says it twice. He says it again down in verse 5. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repent or perish. That's the result of unfaithfulness. That's the result of half-heartedness. That's the result of unfruitfulness. That's the result of wandering. That's the result of spiritual adultery. You know, I had a scale there, but really there's only two things you've got to remember. We can have a scale of two points. You're either for God or you're against Him. If you have need to repent, if you, had, if you have need to repent and be baptized, we offer this time for you to do so. Be faithful. You'll get the blessings, you'll get the crown. If you would like to start on this journey and be baptized into Jesus Christ, we afford you this time right now as together we stand and sing.